0: We are glad to announce we have partnered with Thrive Fantasy for the upcoming NFL season. Come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this season. In case you don't know what Thrive Fantasy is, Thrive Fantasy is a daily sports app for player props. Thrive Fantasy has eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about the top tier athletes in a respective sport. For this NFL season, Thrive allows you to choose 10 out of the 20 player prop options to build your lineup. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over or under based on its likelihood to occur. The most points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. Thrive has awarded over $1.4 million in prizes since launching in 2018 and has $50,000 guaranteed in prizes for NFL Week 1. Use promo code PODCAST when you sign up today and you will receive an instant $20 bonus On your first deposit of $20 or more. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store or by visiting their website, thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today.
1: What's up, guys, and welcome back to
2: another episode of the Last Take Sports podcast. And today we will be catching up on the past couple of weeks in the NFL. And now it's kind of crunch time with the NFL season, and playoff implications are starting to happen and they're going to be taking place. And now this is the time where teams have to make a move and they have to solidify themselves as a playoff team by winning some tough games. But Henry, these past couple of weeks have been rough for some playoff contenders and some playoff teams as of right now. And we'll start off with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and they have dropped their last two games. And Tom Brady has looked very off and he's just not looked like his normal self. Normally you'll see him thrive in the second half of the season, but he is not. And he's thrown four picks in his last two games, including 11 picks on the season, which is, I believe, uh, one of his worst seasons by interception rate in in his career. And he just keeps throwing interceptions, keeps uh, turning over the ball and it doesn't make sense to me because this year he has probably the most weapons he's had in his career and yet he's having one of the worst statistical years he's had in his career and the numbers in terms of passing yards i believe he's second in the nfl in passing yards so i guess you can say the numbers are there but between his turnovers and his the offensive efficiency it's just not there and so i guess the question is here is it time for tampa bay to panic because They are not looking good right now in their offense, even with the weapons they have, even with having Tom Brady, they are not looking good in that defense. That defense is probably one of the better ones in the NFL, but they haven't been playing that great recently, and they haven't been getting enough stops for this offense. So Henry, once again, the question is, should Tampa Bay be panicked right now and wondering if they might miss the playoffs?
1: You know, Andrew, I don't think they should panic. I mean, the teams that are out of the playoffs are still a good two games behind. But, I mean, Tom Brady should be panicked. The rest of the offense, the rest of the organization should be panicked that Bruce Arians isn't going to change the offense to to work with Tom Brady's strengths. He continues to try and get Tom Brady to throw 40-yard bombs down the field, and that's just not the type of quarterback Tom Brady is. And if he continues to run the offense that – he ran for Jameis Winston. This is what's going to continue to happen because Tom Brady's not a quarterback that at this point in his career is going to be able to throw 10 great passes down the field every single game. He's more of a quarterback who makes the short and intermediate passes very well. But when you don't run any of those and have four guys running downfield and only one check down, I mean, and the guys who he's throwing to in the check down seem to just not catch the ball. Uh, It just, it it doesn't work.
2: Yeah. And you've seen it with Leonard Fournette in the backfield. He just cannot catch a ball right now. And it's really frustrating for Tom Brady. You can tell by the way he's expressing his emotions out on the field. But when you think about it, the weapons that Tom Brady has, they aren't kind of check down type of guys, Rob Gronkowski, you aren't just going to check it down to him one yard off the line of scrimmage. He's going out 10, 15 yards per play. Then you have Mike Evans, who's more of a deep threat, get up, get any contested ball, basically. If you throw it up to him, he's going to come down with it. And then you also have Chris Godwin, who's more of a guy who's running probably more of 15 yard routes. Not really a deep threat, but he can catch the deep ball, but he's mostly running like 15, 20 yard routes. And you think about it, those are their main weapons, and those guys are not just running checkdowns for Tom Brady. So he has to improve his deep ball accuracy. If they want to have any shot at even contending in the playoffs, I believe they will make the playoffs because the Vikings, who are two games out of the playoffs, I think are the next closest team in making the wild card aside uh, from the Cardinals, who are already in the wild card spot with the Tampa Bay Bucks. I know the Cardinals are the only team behind the Bucs in the playoff race that are already in the playoffs. And that kind of leads us into our next segment because we want to talk about the Cardinals and they have been struggling recently. And that's why we see them at that seventh spot in the playoff race right now. And that is due to possibly a Kyler Murray injury that the Cardinals should be worrying about. He has not been able to throw the ball at all after that uh, Bills game because he got injured in that Seattle Seahawks game. And it was an obvious shoulder injury, and he has not thrown the ball the same. And ever since that Hail Mary, you have not seen any type of deep ball from Kyler Murray, anything like that in the past two games. And you see them, you've you seen them lose their past two games to so the Seahawks, which is an understandable loss. I think we're all kind of expecting that loss in this, since uh, the Seahawks are such a good team but they also lost to the Patriots and they aren't necessarily a great team. They lost to the Patriots team that threw for under a hundred yards against them and they lost the game. That's concerning right there. If you, if your defense can hold a quarterback under a hundred yards passing and two interceptions, there is no reason why you should lose that game, especially with the offense and the quarterback you have. And they just flat out lost the game. And I think you should be very concerned if you're a Cardinals fan, because if Kyler Murray doesn't start throwing the ball better, and also keep in mind, Kyler Murray ran the ball uh, 10 times in the last two games combined. He was averaging running the ball about 10 times each game before those last two games. He ran it 10 times combined in the last two games. That is something you should be worried about. Why isn't Kyler Murray running the ball more? No clue. Is it uh, the play calling? Is Cliff Kingsbury calling that? No. I think you should be worried about Kyler Murray right now. Obviously, he's injured. He can't throw the ball well right now. And if he's not running it, if he's not effective on the ground, Kyler Murray is an average quarterback at best. And... Kyler Murray is the guy who's been leading your team to this hot start to this playoff run. And he's the guy who's going to have to finish it for the Cardinals. And if he can't do that, if he can't start throwing the ball better, if he can't start running it better, the Cardinals should be concerned. But Henry, I want to see what you have to say about the Cardinals. And do you think they should be worried right now?
1: To be honest, Andrew, I mean, yeah, they should be worried, but those are two very understandable losses. Obviously the Seahawks are a very good team. And that's an understandable loss on Thursday night football in prime time. And the fact that he got hurt in that game, I think there was definitely some noticeable pain. And I mean, what I've been hearing is it's a lot like Christian McCaffrey's injury, which at this point will hold him out almost close to five weeks before he plays another game. And I mean, Kyler Murray didn't miss a single game. He's going to miss a, he missed a total of about one and a half weeks, which is, Nowhere near as much as Christian McCaffrey did, and it's essentially the same injury, and it's to a quarterback in his throwing shoulder. But to that Patriots game, I mean, I was talking to Andrew about this. I always think it's hard for West Coast teams to go play on the East Coast at a one o'clock start. It always happens. It they just always seem to struggle. I really don't know why. It's probably because it's a really early start for them. But I mean, it always happens. But the fact that Kyler Murray was an unwilling runner and struggled very much in the passing game and just overall struggled as a player, I think that should be very concerning for the Cardinals going forward. And if they can't get Kyler Murray healthy, I think there's a very likely chance they give up that final playoff playoff spot, Andrew.
2: Yeah. And we might be seeing Minnesota take over that final playoff spot. If uh, the Cardinals cannot turn it around. And you mentioned how you were talking to me about how you think it's very tough for West Coast teams to go over to the East Coast and play that one o'clock game. And I just have something to add on top of that. Playing in Foxborough in the freezing cold weather when you're from Arizona and you haven't really played in cold weather all year, you're playing against Bill Belichick on his home turf. That Even a good team might not have a chance to come out of there with a win against Bill Belichick, no matter how good that team is. But the point I want to be made with that game is that they they have held that game. They held the Patriots to less than 100 yards passing. And the fact that they didn't win that game is concerning. And that's, I think, due to Kyler Murray and that Arizona Cardinals struggling offense. But let's move on to the NFC East. And, of course, this is kind of a repeating segment because they suck still. Yeah, but... They, they might suck a little less, Henry, because, of course, you have the Giants taking over the lead and Washington both getting wins this past uh, week on uh, Week 12, and you have Philadelphia struggling. They gave up their lead in the division. In Dallas, of course, not winning a game. They lost to Washington in Week 13, but now you have New York taking over the lead, as I mentioned, and you have Washington both with four wins. So what do you think about this NFC East? Who do you think is going to win it? Because, of course, there was an injury with Daniel Jones for the Giants, which may sideline him for a couple of weeks. So do you think the Giants can hold on to that lead? And also, there's the quarterback controversy of Philadelphia. Do you put in Jalen Hurts? Because Carson Wentz is struggling, and that offense is struggling. So do you put in Jalen Hurts? I personally think you don't, but I want to hear what you have to say about this whole NFC East tobacco.
1: Yeah, Andrew, starting with the one team you didn't talk about, I mean, the Cowboys, the Cowboys are, I mean, it. it it's pretty simple. They're not very good. And with the Eagles, the quarterback controversy, I think you have to stick with once. I mean, when there's so much money put into one guy and he's basically your entire franchise you can't really give up on him considering that you still have two years left on a guy who's going to be making 30 million plus a year and with the salary cap a lot likely to decrease and not be as big as it has been in previous years due to coronavirus issues i mean he's basically gonna be making up a fourth of your con of your cap space and you can't really give up on a guy who's doing that. And with the the Giants, Andrew, I think if Daniel Jones is able to play at some point or in the next couple of weeks, I think they'll end up winning the division. But if he's out for an extended period of time or even the rest of the season, I I think the football team will end up winning this division because I think Alex Smith is just the most reliable quarterback in this division. He's not going to do anything great, but he's going to play close to mistake-free football. And I think that gives – the uh excuse me the football team the best chance to win this division right now
2: yeah Henry and I agree with you right now and I think with the injury to Daniel Jones I would normally say that the Giants uh, would have the best chance taking over the lead of this division and having a healthy Daniel Jones you would say that the Giants would hold on to this lead but because the injury to Daniel Jones, I have to say the football team have the best chance to take this division. And Antonio Gibson, the rookie running back, is just playing incredible. The, the play, he's playing so, so good, Henry. And that kind of sparks this offense. Of course, you have Terry McLaurin, which I think is the most underrated receiver in the NFL right now. And Alex Smith is doing his job as his quarterback. As the quarterback for this team, he is doing his job. So this team's looking good, and that defense is criminally underrated, Henry. That defense is one of the best, statistically one of the best defenses in the NFL. So you tell me. That sounds like a division winner, and I just want to touch up on uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. There is no reason to play Jalen Hurts right now, especially when you're in a playoff race, and you have a legitimate shot at winning the division. Why put in a rookie quarterback, stick him in there when you have, when you're one game out of the playoffs, why would you do that? Stick with your veteran quarterback, stick with the quarterback that's been in this situation before. And keep in mind, Carson Wentz may not be playing the best right now, but he's an experienced quarterback and he was a former MVP candidate. And I know he tore his ACL. That's where Nick Foles came in, won his Super Bowl. But if Carson Wentz didn't tear his ACL at the end of that season, he most likely would have been the MVP of the NFL Henry. Carson Wentz. You have to keep in mind he has it in him. He needs to have a better offensive line. He needs to have more weapons. This isn't entirely on Carson Wentz. What is going on with the Eagles? I think he gets too much of the blame. And especially in a tight playoff race, you have to stick with your veteran quarterback. But let's move on to our next topic. And this one is very debatable, I think, because of course you have the undefeated Steelers and you have the one loss Chiefs and you also have the one loss Saints. So you tell me, Henry, who do you think is the best team in the NFL right now? Because You have, as I mentioned, you have the undefeated Steelers. You have the one-loss Chiefs, and I apologize if I said this wrong, but do the Saints have one or two losses? The one or two-loss Saints, I have to say that. I think they have two losses. I apologize for saying one. But who do you think is the best team in the NFL right now?
1: Andrew, it's the Kansas City Chiefs, and it's, in my opinion, not all that particularly close. I mean, they went into Tampa. they, They stopped trying after the first quarter. Like it, it looked like they were just kind of having fun doing whatever the hell they wanted after that first quarter. They just felt like there was no way the Bucks had any chance of coming back. They knew they were the better team from the start. And when you go into that game with that kind of swagger and knowing that you have Patrick Mahomes on your team, I mean, it's hard to say that a team that has Patrick Mahomes who should be the front runner by a landslide in the MVP race at this point on your team. I mean, there's, you, you just have this boost of confidence that you ha- you're going to win every game with that guy being so talented and just an out-of-this-world player that I don't know if we ever will see in the NFL again, Andrew.
2: Yeah, Henry, and I have to agree with you. Even though the Steelers are undefeated, no offense to them, they're playing kind of a cupcake schedule, I, I have to say. And even though they have two wins over the Ravens, those wins aren't very credible anymore. They basically own the Browns franchise. So even though the Browns aren't doing half bad this season, I mean, those wins aren't impressive. And they won against the Bengals, okay. And their uh, non-divisional games are just not that great of wins. So all I have to say is the Pittsburgh Steelers haven't been playing the toughest of schedules. And when it comes to playoff time, I don't think they'll be able to last it out. And the Kansas City Chiefs have proven themselves, even though they have won loss, even though they have a worse record than the Steelers, I think they have proven themselves to be the best team in the NFL. And of course, the Chiefs have, I think this isn't a debate, but they have the best offense in the NFL, of course, with the best quarterback in the NFL, the best tight end in the NFL, and arguably the best receiver right now in the NFL. I know a lot of people won't agree with that, and I'm not saying I think he's the best wide receiver in the NFL right now, but he's in that conversation, especially with that almost 300 yard game he had last week against Tampa Bay. And they have a sufficient run game with Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, and you also have Le'Veon Bell. This team is legit, Henry, more than legit. And I would be more shocked if they didn't win the Super Bowl than if they did win the Super Bowl. And. I, I have to say they are the clear front runners right now. And I guess you can say the Steelers are there. The Steelers are with them, but I, I personally don't think so. Statistically, the Steelers have a much better defense, but the chiefs defense isn't that bad at all. And chiefs have a by far way better uh, offense than the Steelers. So when you add it up, chiefs are way better team than the Steelers. But I wouldn't be surprised to see the Steelers possibly run the table, but the Chiefs end up beating them in the playoffs or may not even see them in the playoffs because the Steelers might lose early. But I think we can both agree that the Chiefs are the best team in the NFL right now, despite having the second best record behind the Steelers. But let's move on to our next topic. And we were thrilled to hear this news. Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn were fired from Detroit, of course. The head coach, Patricia, and general manager, uh, Bob Quinn, for the Detroit Lions. And they were just awful. The, we, there's not much to talk about here. They were just probably the worst duo in the NFL right now, and it was well-deserved for them to lose their jobs. And, of course, I don't wish upon any person to lose their job, but they, they needed to get fired in for the better of this organization. And that's what happened. And I'm excited for the future of the Detroit Lions because I'm a fan of them and diehard fan of them. But I couldn't, I couldn't watch them any longer if Patricia was still on that sideline. I couldn't do it. And I, I was vying for that Patricia and rooting for that Patricia signing when we, after we fired Jim Caldwell because anybody from the Patriots system I wanted, because that's a proven winning system. But clearly Patricia might not have been the reason why the Patriots were winning so many Super Bowls, so many games back during that dynasty. And it showed because this man, Matt Patricia, could not coach a football game. And it was obvious that he did not belong as a head coach for any NFL team, let alone the struggling Lions And they need new leadership, and that's what they're going to get with the firing of their head coach and general manager. So I'm excited for the future. So what do you think about this, Henry?
1: Andrew, I mean, it was obvious that Matt Patrician was needed to be gone. I don't think Bob Quinn did as bad of a job as you're making it out to be. Obviously, I mean, the roster isn't like a top 10 roster in the NFL, but it's not a bad roster. It's a a roster that with a team that can make the playoffs and the fact that they were just so bad. I mean, Patricia needed to be fired. I mean, a month like 2 years ago. I mean, it was obvious from the start that he was horrible. Quinn, I I agree, deserved to be fired. I think there's a lot of things that he could have done and a lot of picks that he w- wasted, you could say, that could have made us significantly better. I mean, but it it's it's hard to imagine any way where these guys were going to stick around any longer. And I'm excited to see if Daryl Bevel, and I don't know who the interim GM is, but it really doesn't matter because we'll have a new one by the time you can start making moves again. And if Daryl Bevel, I mean, wins games and we're only, I mean, we're two games out of the playoff race. I know lions fans are, over two games out. We're the lions. There's no way, but I think we take a game by game approach. And if Daryl Bevel is able to get us to the playoffs, who says he shouldn't be, the next head coach of the Detroit Lion, Andrew.
2: Yeah, I agree with you on that. And one last thing on Bob Quinn, I agree with you that he didn't do as much of a bad job as Patricia did to get himself fired, but the Lions needed a clean slate and Bob Quinn didn't do anything to solidify himself as the obvious candidate to stay with the Lions and stay in that general manager spot. He didn't make any moves, I can say, that didn't, take the Lions to a contender spot so with that being said it only made sense if you're firing the head coach you might as well fire the general manager to kind of have that clean slate that the Detroit Lions organization needs that's what they chose to do and that's where the firing of Bob Quinn comes from and of course the firing of Matt Patricia just comes from awful coaching which I think everyone in the entire NFL saw and that man did not deserve to have a head coaching job in the first place, but let's move on to our final topic. And we're staying in the NFC with this one. And we already talked about how we thought the Kansas city chiefs and the Pittsburgh Steelers were the best teams in the NFL. And that is pretty much by a good margin. But of course, they are both in the AFC. So the question is now who is the best team in the NFC? Who is trailing behind those two teams? And who might be the representative in the Super Bowl for the NFC? Me personally, Henry, I think the Seattle Seahawks right now, because you have Russell Wilson, who I think is the best quarterback in the NFC. And you have probably the best offense in the NFC with the Seattle Seahawks offense. I know their run game isn't great, but that passing game is almost unstoppable with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and the best quarterback in the NFC right now, Russell Wilson. He puts it where it needs to be, and those two guys can grab the ball, catch it, and make plays. And that offensive line gives Wilson the time. And that defense, even though it started off very rough, they have gotten better over the past couple weeks and they have improved they held Kyler Murray to under 25 points I believe it was and they ended up having a pretty decent game the past couple weeks for this defense so with the defense getting better I think they're the best team in the NFC and typically if Drew Brees wasn't injured I would say this two loss uh, Saints team is the best team in the NFL right or not in the NFL in the NFC excuse me But because of the loss of Drew Brees and Taysom Hill at quarterback, I can't say that the Saints are the best team in the NFC. And that's why I resort to Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks for the to be the best team in the NFC right now.
1: Andrew, I'm saying this based on the fact that I think Drew Brees will return week four or week 15, week 16, I think week 15, cause they're playing the Chiefs. I think they want to prove something to the NFL. I think he wants to prove something to the NFL at that point, that given four weeks, I mean, he was listed as a three to six week injury and that'd be right around the middle of that. I think there's a good chance he returns. I mean, it's Drew Brees. He's one of the toughest players in the NFL, and this could be his last year. So I think he wants to go out with something or to prove something and I don't think he really cares how hurt he is. I think he, if he's able to suit up, I think he will. So right now, I think it's the Seahawks, but eventually I think it's, it will be the Saints. I think they are the best team in the NFC. They have the best defense in the NFC. And it's probably not very close. And you No, know, it is close, but I mean, I think they have the best defense in the NFC. Their offense, even with Taysom Hill, has been solid. I mean, they don't turn the ball over. They don't make mistakes. They don't cause a lot of penalties. They just play mistake-free football. They drive down the field and they methodically beat you. It's not very fun to watch, but they'll get Drew Brees back and they'll make the games a little bit more exciting at some point. I I don't actually have them winning the NFC as of now, but we'll save that for a couple weeks, a month from now when the playoffs – do start when we make our predictions, Andrew. But as of now, I think the Saints are the best team in the NFC.
2: Yeah, Henry, this Drew Brees injury is no joke. And he has 11 fractured ribs, I believe, and possibly, I'm not sure about this, but a collapsed lung. I Yeah, it's such a bad injury. And for him to come back in maybe a month from the injury, that would be incredible, especially for someone at his age, But that also brings up a question. Who knows how long Drew Brees has left in his career, especially with that injury. And people are saying this might be his final run as an NFL quarterback. But this brings up a last question and and last unexpected topic, I guess you can say. And I'm sorry if I'm putting you on the spot here, Henry, but I was thinking how there are three quarterbacks who are generally on the older side of the NFL and nearing the end of their careers and that is Tom Brady, Drew Brees and Philip Rivers. So, how long do you think those specific quarterbacks have left on their careers, Henry? Because if it's me, I don't think any of those quarterbacks have more than 3 years left on their careers, but what do you think?
1: Brees, I think that he's done after this year. I think there's no way he comes back after what he how much he's gone through, how many how banged up he is. I think he's just done at this point. With Rivers, I think he plays one more year. I think they're going to try and draft a quarterback in the first round this year. And it gives them a guy to develop him a lot like the Patrick Mahomes system that they did with Alex Smith, but it will be Philip rivers last year. And instead of really just kind of booting Alex Smith, Philip rivers will have decided that he's done after this year. And with Tom Brady, Andrew, I think he's got two, three years left. You never know with this guy, he's in great shape. I mean, although he's, not having the same arm strength he's had in past years I mean he was never known for his 70 yard deep balls down the field and I think if Bruce Arians is ever able to realize how stubborn he's being and run the offense a little more towards Tom Brady's strengths I think he's going to want to be there longer and Tom Brady for all we know could play as long as he wants
2: Yeah, Tom Brady reminds me of a LeBron James. I wouldn't be surprised if we see Tom Brady going another four or five years because he preserves his body so well, just like LeBron James. And that's where the comparison comes from for me. And also, I mean, they're two goats of their respective sports but we'll leave that debate up for another time about the goat talk in their sports. But Henry, I a hundred percent agree with you here. I think breeze this might, this will probably be his final year rivers. I give him one more year and Brady, I believe within the next three years, he will retire. But I think that wraps up tonight's podcast. And if you don't have anything else to say, I think we can wrap it up right here.
1: Yeah. Andrew, I think this would be a great time to wrap up today's podcast. As you said, We hope you did enjoy. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and download this podcast. And we'll see you guys next time on the Last Take Sports Podcast.